is the receiver to own in Philly this season? How high is the ceiling for a young, athletic AFC East tight end? And how close will Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones come to repeating what they did last year? Plus, three-time FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship League winner Frank LaPrade will join us to talk about why he loves Jonathan Taylor, what last-round pick has been a must for him this season, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid go good with Patron. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and Addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll try to pin down who the Austin Eckler handcuff is, who you should be picking between DJ Chark and Tyler Lockett, and three-time high-stakes fantasy football league winner and 2020 Pros versus Joe's drafter, Frank LaPrade will join us to discuss his unique approach to his latest FPC draft and, of course, as always, a lot more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. Uh, the show is at HSFFOR. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Frank is at Frank LaPrade. That is Frank L-A-P-R-A-D-E. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash hour. And if you want to give us a call, please do so, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, uh, tweets, and emails, and fantasy feedback uh, later on in the show. I know last week we ran a little bit long with the Pros versus Joe's announcement. Uh, We did not get a chance to get to any emails, I promise you. We will get to some emails this week on the show. I want to remind everybody that live events are go in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood. If you have not booked your flight or got your discounted room uh, at Planet Hollywood, make sure you're taking advantage of that. Check out the FFPC blog as well as the FFPC newsletter for the link uh, and the prices in which you can do that. You can save $400 on additional teams right now if you're already signed up. That's $400 off each additional team that you get. And, of course, the early draft slot deadline is coming up on July 27th. If you want to have your draft slot and know where you're picking in the FFPC main event this season, make sure you are all paid up by July 27th. And on August 2nd, you will know whether you have the first spot, the third spot, the seventh, the twelfth, or any other ones. That's coming up on August 2nd. Make sure you're paid off 
by July 27th. Uh, main event slow drafts are going on right now. In case you don't want to wait, you can jump in one of those. The 2020 Football Guys Players Championship, $500,000 grand prize, $3.1 million prize pool. We have drafts going on each and every day for that, including the midnight draft tonight. Make sure you're hopping in there so I can uh, watch you luminaries draft tonight. Go for $500,000. Uh, best ball slim leagues, other best balls available. And, of course, dynasty startups going off this weekend as well. It's a great time to be a dynasty owner. Dynasty startups are, are, are you know, people just assume, Oh, well, it's football guys time. It's main event time. Yeah, it is. But there's also a lot of dynasty startups. We have a ton of action going on in there. You won't have to wait long to jump in one of those uh, and wait for those to fill. I promise you, Dave, how are we doing this evening? July 17th. Happy birthday to my father today, by the way, before I forget. Oh, that's great. Is he uh, listening as always? You know, it's funny is he listened to my afternoon show and I didn't tell the guys there to do a big hullabaloo, but they did. Um, and I, I know he appreciated that, uh, but he, uh, um, is probably not listening tonight. Tonight's show. Uh, you know, he was born on the exact same day as uh, Lucy Arnaz. No. Yeah. How weird is that, huh? Uh, well, considering there's 365 days in the year and probably about 10,000 celebrities, it's really not that weird. Well, it's not 10. Well, there's a lot of celebrities. But not, 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 they don't share the same birthday, same birth date, same year, yeah, everything. I'm sure that every person has some famous person who has the same birthday. I don't. The, I'm, oh, most, crap. I'm the most famous person born What's on November 24th. November 24th, 1979. See who else was born on that day. Well, on, the, the, on 1979 yeah. or, just, or just November 24th? No, yeah. I mean, everybody has, shares their birthday or celebrity. I'm talking about Lucy Arnaz and my dad were born on the exact ah, same okay. day, same year, same everything. Ah, now, now, I, now I get it. That's unique. William F. Buckley Jr., I think, was born. I think he and I share a birthday, as well as Zachary Taylor, former U.S. president. <laughs> of course, my favorite president of all time, Zachary Taylor. All right. Well, I don't know. This, that'll take a while to find Yeah, that. don't worry about it. We have plenty of fantasy football stuff uh, to talk about tonight. And I want to thank football guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Uh, Buccaneers running back Ronald Jones. Let's talk about him. He says he's added six to eight pounds of muscle this offseason, according to Greg Allman on Twitter. Last season, if you remember, Ronald Jones weighed at 218. He is up to 225 pounds behind, quote, strenuous resistance training up Neil's Thrill Hill. This is a 110-yard climb with a steep grade that's located in the desert in Arizona. He also said he's been catching the ball 300 times a day on the jugs machine, working out with high school uh, quarterbacks and college quarterbacks as well in the offseason. Now, Bruce Arians and Jason Licht have all said uh, very positive things in regards to Ronald Jones and what he's going to be doing for this team this year. But he's going to be facing some competition from the 23-year-old rookie out of Vanderbilt, Keshawn Vaughn. Uh, and, and certainly Vaughn is a talented pass catcher, and I think that's where it comes down to here in this offense is who's going to catch the passes because if it's Jones, he's great. If it's Vaughn, Jones doesn't have uh, a ton of value. And don't forget about the, the um, lingering Devontae Freeman factor here as well, who could be signed at some point by the Bucks. Dave, right now, it's Ronald Jones. It's Kishon Vaughn. Ronald Jones is RB32 going at the 6-12 in Football Guys drafts over the last four days, and we thank Fantasy Mojo for that data. Right after him, running back 34, Kishon Vaughn at the 7-9. Now, they're separated by roughly about a round. I don't think I'd be in the business of trying to get both of these guys. I'd want one or the other. I'm going Ronald Jones here. you have any thoughts on which Buccaneers running back you prefer? Uh, yeah, Rojo for sure. And, and just news only, it might actually move him up a little bit in drafts. You know, with, with Brady in town and you know, all this positive spin, Ronald Jones coming into the NFL as a really young player, 
And I think he came in at 210, if I recall correctly. He was actually kind of light, and that was. I remember that. So now he's gained 15 pounds, and uh, you know, seemingly mostly muscle. He's working hard. I I, I just think uh, I think the arrow is pointed up for Ronald Jones. These are the guys going in front of him right now. I'll just uh, play a, a would you rather here with uh, with these guys. Now remember, these guys all going ahead of Ronald Jones. So I'm trying to pick your brain on whether you would take Jones ahead of any of these guys. Would you rather have Ronald Jones or Mark Ingram? Um, yeah, that's kind of a tough one. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll take Jones cause Ingram really has to deal with, uh, was it Dobbins over there? And that's my next one. And Dobbins, you know, it's funny. I'm just watching Dobbins on the, on TV here on ESPN. Fiesta Bowl last year yeah. against Clemson. Sure. He looks outstanding. He did. He does look good. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones, by the way, I agree with you. Ronald Jones over Ingram, Ronald Jones or JK Dobbins. I'll take Rojo again. I, don't, I, I you know, a rookie. I'm, I'm, I'm fading most, not all rookies, but most rookies this year. All right. So I'm gonna. This is a bit of a caveat, and I'm sure you're gonna rip me for this, but that's okay because that's what this show is about. I'm gonna say if I already have a couple of running backs, I'm gonna take Dobbins here. All right. Just for the pure upside, pick the win type guy. Um, you search J.K. Dobbins and league winner on Twitter, Dave and you're going to get like 5,000 results. It's insane how many people are calling me a league winner this year. And he might be. Um, if, I, if I went zero RB and Ronald Jones is like maybe my second running back and I have him or Dobbins, I'm probably going to go with, I can't believe I'm saying this, the stability of Ronald Jones over J.K. Dobbins there. So that's my caveat with this one. I yeah, can see, I could go either way. Yeah, and there's a lot of uncertainty in both situations. So it's, really, it is a, it's a tough projection to me. I think I know where you're going to go on this one. Ronald Jones or Damian Williams? Damian Williams. I'm going to go with Jones. I would. Damian, where is what Damian Williams getting drafted? Running back 29, 604. He's oh, okay. basically a, uh, eight picks ahead of Ronald Jones. Yeah. All right. Um, this he may... has to contend with Edward Solaire, of course. Right. He was a first, late first round pick. Um, Ronald Jones or Raheem Mostert, who technically, as of right now, is indeed the starter in San Francisco. He goes at the 602, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a week ago I would have said Mostert, no problem. Now he, what is he, he's holding out. He says he wants a trade. I don't believe yeah. he's going to hold out. I think, I'd, I think I'm going to take most. I'm going to stick with most. I would, too. And then the last one, Ronald Jones or Devin Singletary, who has Zach Moss to contend with. Okay, still Singletary. Singletary. Sure. All right. All right. I, I would agree with you on that uh, at that point. That is where we stand on Ronald Jones on Muscle Watch 2020. All right, moving on. Philly Voices, Jimmy Kemsky says that Alshon Jeffrey, Alshon, is almost certain to start on the pup list this season. No timetable for return, according to head coach Doug Peterson, so it does not sound like he has any chance of uh, being on the field when training camp comes around uh, at the end of July. Now, the question here is, is he going to have enough time to get back onto the field by the start of the regular season? If he's on the pup list to start the year, he's out the first six games, and then Jalen Rager is going to be established, Deshaun Jackson will have uh, a chance to reestablish what he was doing in his non-injury years. Uh, Jeffrey, I mean... As far as drafts go right now, Dave, he, he's basically three, uh, free, but he's 30 years old. He's had a lot of injury risk here. Alshon Jeffrey right now, do you have any interest in adding him at all at the 1805 as wide receiver 76? <laughs> Super late, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um... I will tell you this right now while you're thinking about that. I had the opportunity to draft Alshon Jeffrey in the 19th round of a 20-round of a redraft league. And I, I, I picked him there as my wide receiver seven, and I felt okay about it because I already had six guys in front of him. And to me, there's, there's almost no downside wasting a 19th-round pick on, on a guy who, who, again, he's still – I know it's 30, but it's only 30. 
Well, in a managed league, I don't think I would draft him because at that point, now you're actually clogging your roster with a guy who's not going to do anything for six weeks. Probably, possibly yeah, if he's won. on the pup list. Yeah, it's on, he's not recovered. I mean, he's he is almost undraftable to me. Uh, I would, I'd look a lot of different directions. I mean, for example, like guys who go that late, Miles Boykin. I don't really love him necessarily, but and, you know, low volume passing attack. He's a second year guy. He's you know out of Notre Dame, and uh, he's tall, pretty fast. So he has some upside. You know, DJ Chark was a piece of crap until he wasn't. Like, <laughs> right. you know, now Miles Boykin could be the next DJ Chark. I highly doubt it, but it's possible. It is possible, yep. It's a lot more possible than Alshon Jeffrey, you know, not being on a pup list, starting the season, and being awesome. I just don't, I just, okay. I don't see it coming off that injury. Uh, he goes right next to John Ross, a guy who's, who's also been injured quite a bit. Um, if you are picking between those guys, are you just skipping both of them? I'm and- taking a kicker. Okay. Um, here's a guy that's going after him that I kind of like, and, and had I had the opportunity to do this now, I might take him. Tyrell Williams. Actually, I took him in the Scott Fishbowl this yeah, year. Yeah, for sure, Tyrell Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I'd take over him. Um, Where's, I mean, is Renfro growing ahead of those guys? Well, okay, here's one. Corey Davis is going after Alshon I Jeffrey. would take Corey Davis. Okay. Yeah, I mean, as a super late breakout character. Mohamed Sanu. Yep. Josh Reynolds. Yep. Devin DuVernay. Uh, it's getting dicier, but yeah. No, I'd take Duvernay over. Yeah. Or Duvernay. Is that how do you pronounce it? Duvernay. So Duvernay? No, it's not. It's like yeah. the Frenchman? It's like a French receiver for Devin Duvernay. Passing to Duvernay from Le Mans accent. <laughs> Devin Funches. Oh, man, I guess. <laughs> you guess you'd take him over Jeffrey? Uh, yeah, I would. I mean, he does have Rodgers throwing. I mean, there's no guarantee he's, right. the, he's the guy. but Last one, Brian Edwards. Raiders re- rookie. I you know I, I I think there's some things to look at with Brian Edwards. He is a rookie, um, but they like him a lot. And you know it, you know Brian Edwards or Tyrell Williams, one of them will probably have an impact. It's probably Williams. But there's a chance that you know. Uh, I yeah, huh. I think it's Williams. But you're right. I mean, there's, there's been a little bit of people banding about the talk about him. You know, I. I think Williams was hurt a lot last year, if I recall correctly. He was in and out of the out of the lineup, and he was he performed well early in the, early in the season, and then he uh, you know he was just hurt. I guess my issue with Tyra Williams, and and this is really my only issue with him, why did they go out and get all these other pass catchers if if you know they they thought strongly of Tyra Williams, but that may not make a difference. I mean, he he is the non rookie. He is going to be the guy who's already established a, a rapport with Derek Carr. Um, well, I guess that's not necessarily true, but. Um, certainly he has the experience. Okay, so if you don't like Alshon Jeffrey, Dave, who would you rather have for Philly receivers? Is it Jalen Rager at the 11-10, or is it Deshaun Jackson at the 13-08? I'd take D. Jackson. Me too. Not close. Yeah, not close. Right. Not going to take a rookie receiver two rounds ahead of the dude who's been doing it for a decade. Yeah, even if you know Djax has his you know head up his ass half the time with what he says commentary-wise. That I, you know, again, it, we're <laughs> drafted. Here's, and this is the only thing I'm going to make from a, sociocultural or political stance we're playing fantasy football we're not drafting players we're drafting stats and and you just got to separate that from and some people don't want to and that's fine i get it yeah i have no problem with that at all but if you are going to be that guy who's like i will never draft this guy because of what he said because he won a war because what he believes there's me other people that will draft him and if you're going to let him slip you got to be prepared to deal with that, those consequences hey i'm a big believer i have aaron hernandez still roster in the dynasty league right now Right, that's not true. Is it true? <laughs> no. Okay. I never know. Um, moving on to the uh, Rams here, before we get to Frank LaPrade, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly are going to compete for the backup role behind Austin Eckler. The team is still reportedly high on Justin Jackson, averaged 5.1 yards per carry last year on 79 rushes, but he only played in seven games because he was hurt the other uh, part of the season. 
He's not a great short yardage guy. Josh Kelly is. And Josh Kelly could be the goal line there for the Rams this year. Jackson is, according to the pundits there, the favorite to win the number two job if he stays healthy. But, Dave, if he gets hurt at all, Josh Kelly could get that backup job and never look back. And certainly that would be a valuable spot given how much that the Chargers are probably going to want to run the ball with Tyrod Taylor this year rather than what they did with Phillip Rivers last year. In football, guys, Jess, over the last four days, as far as uh, the ADP on these guys go, Joshua Kelly, the rookie, is going at the 1306, Dave. Justin Jackson is going at the 1308. Almost back-to-back. That is so close. So uh, FFPC players are split on these guys clearly. Would you rather have Kelly or Jackson? Let's say you have Eckler. Who Uh, would you rather have backing Eckler up? Well, first of all, are you even going to handcuff him? I might not, actually, because of it. You know, they're not – there's other players I'd probably take there. And then I honestly think it's close to a 50-50 coin flip. Well, they're all coin flips that are 50-50, right? Um, it's close to, close to a coin flip on what ends up happening. I really don't. I I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a good handle on this either. And we're not going to have much of a preseason to, to sort of guess this. I guess for me, uh, given that the Chargers invested a fourth round pick in Josh Kelly, um, and he's uh, he's got the unknown box, um, the mystery box uh, aspect to him, I'd probably just take a shot on him there. But you're right. I mean, I'm probably going to go uh, a different direction there. You have Damian Harris going in that same round. God knows what's going on with Sony Michelle. You could take a stab at him. There's some upside receivers there. The aforementioned Deshaun Jackson, Rashad Perriman, who could be the number one for the Jets. Curtis Samuel, who's got some um, post-height sleeper um, shine to him as well. Brandon Ayuk, who could start the season as the number one receiver yeah, for San Francisco. There, yeah. So I, I think there's a, a lot of interesting players there, and I would probably just avoid it. And I don't think you need to necessarily uh, grab a handcuff if you own Eckler. Um, if you want to grab one of those guys. I would be interested in either one of them if they fell a couple of rounds, though. So if, what's it, what did you say, a 13th? Mid-13th. So if it's like the 1508 or 15, you know, and that ha- this happens all the time, where one of them, one of them will fall. I might, then I might take a stab at one of them just as a flyer. Uh, I, I would agree with you, um, uh, and, and it would certainly depend upon what my, my roster construction looked like there, but you could do a lot worse than either one of those guys in the 15th round. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into tonight's guest. After playing in a couple of home leagues for a few years, he decided to wade into high-stakes fantasy football in 2017. He found the FFPC, entered a few teams, and he learned the hard way, but the FFPC format tripped all the dopamine circuits in his brain, and he was able to win two main event leagues as well as a Football Guys Players Championship League along the way. Today, this season, he may have a serious waiver wire management problem in the making, but not for the 2020 Pros versus Challenge, Pros versus Joe's Challenge, in which he will be participating. He's participating in our show tonight. Please welcome in Frank LaPrade. Frank, welcome into the show, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Excited to have you on tonight. I, I know this, this may quickly turn into the Jonathan Taylor show, which we're okay with. You know, Dave, Dave well, and I'm I are – Dave's not a huge Badgers fan, but I'm a Badgers fan. We live here in Wisconsin. I traded up for Taylor in a couple of times. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, so, I found him in two spots. So this is going to be the total Jonathan Taylor love fest. Oh, yeah, I'm all over it. Yeah, talk him up, buddy. Yeah, all right. So we're definitely going to uh, get into that. Frank, Frank, before we get into uh, fantasy football, uh, can you tell us how you're spending your days at work? Well, I'm spending my days at work mainly at work from home, but I work for a, for a large financial company, and uh, it's great people, good work, everybody's doing well, and uh, so that's how I'm spending my time when I'm not drafting. And plenty of time, 
Yeah, I was just going to say it. It leaves you for plenty of time for drafting, no question. Uh, it, he probably it, does all the afternoon drafts when he's you know supposedly working on the spreadsheets yeah, and yeah. talking to clients. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. no I got that. I got that. No prop. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you have two two monitors, right? <laughs> At least. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He probably has like four. No, no question. Go ahead. Is it my turn? Yes, now, I, know. I, I, I know. I know. I. I should have lobbed it to you better you know, than that. Balky you know, usually, you know, tells me, uh, "Hey, Dave, you got a dumb question to ask here." podcast, a lot of dead air. I got nervous there, but uh, thank you. Well, no, no, that's that's not your fault. That's we'll, that's we'll, totally our fault. Well, hey, uh, Bryce will pull that out. Yeah, he will. We'll edit this. This we're all going to cut this in post. A <laughs> um, couple of okay. polarizing first round running backs. We should talk to Frank about here. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, this is great. And your latest football guys draft, Frank. You started with Joe Mixon and Kenyon Drake. Of those two, um, who do you view as the safer selection in 2020? Uh, you know, honestly, I think they're both pretty pretty safe. They were kind of diversification picks, but, uh, you know, Mixon's got his contract uh, status up in the air, but I, I think that's going to get worked out. They paid uh, paid A.J. Green about a million dollars per reception today, so I, I think they'll pay him. <laughs> and uh, I, I love the Drake. Uh, he looked great, you know, over the whatever eight-game stretch he had. Um, you know, if Kyler Murray runs a little more, it's going to open it up more. I, I think the only risk for him is, you know, Chase Edmonds and, and, you know, Benjamin, who I've taken a fair amount, are pretty similar backs, right? They're, you know, one guy's 6'1", 210, the others are 5'9", 210. They do the same thing. But uh, I think they're both pretty safe. I'd probably take Mixon as a little less risky than Drake, but, you know, I'm, I'm good with both of them. Hey, just as as long as we're talking about AJ Green, it sounds like you're 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 obviously soured on him this season. Are you a big Tyler Boyd guy this year? Do you have a lot of shares of Boyd? I I, I have some. I am. I think he's going to take a big step forward. And and look, I'm a big fan of AJ Green when he's healthy. Everybody is. He's a uh, you know he's incredible. I, I got a little burned with AJ Green last year, so maybe there's some recency bias going on there. So it's not really about the player. If he's fully healthy, he's going to pay off. But. Uh, uh, it's you know I kind of thought they would go. They have a really young, good, talented receiving core. I, I didn't quite understand the move, but you know I don't work for the Bengals, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will indeed. Uh, that that that's going to be a fun offense to watch. Uh, an offense if you can yeah, get it right, um, you'll be you'll be sitting pretty uh, certainly. And I've and I've drafted Boyd a bunch too this year. I really like him. Uh, and I and Dave has pointed this out on this show too. When AJ Green's been healthy, that's when Boyd's been at his best. So it, certainly we're all rooting for health. For AJ Green because it's going to mean good things for everyone involved. Shifting the focus to the tight end here, Frank, you, you picked uh, Chris Herndon at the 12:02 in this Football Guys League. You already had Hunter Henry, so Herndon's your backup. Um, I, we talked about Herndon, I think, last week or two weeks ago, and, and it just—he was the guy that he let a lot of people down last year because he missed basically the whole season. But he got talked up a lot in the preseason. How likely is it, or unlikely is it, that Herndon has a top? 15 tight end season this year. I I think it's pr- pretty likely. You know, I think um, you know, actually that pick that I feel worst about really is Hunter Henry. He's a, you know, he's a great player, but uh, you know, I've really faded Chargers all year. I have very few shares. Again, this is a bit of a diversification draft. You know, Herndon is is about the ceiling. So, I, I didn't really focus on it. Can he be a top 15 draft pick? He looked great as rookie season. He was AWOL last year. You know, he and Mark Andrews came in at about the same time and kind of put up similar numbers, and you don't see rookie tight ends do much. And so that's a bit of a bet on the uh, the upside. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with it. I think it's a good place to uh, to take him. We'll see what Sam Darnold uh, you know, on- the connect remains. 
David, did, I, I can't remember what you said. Are you on Herndon this year for as far as where he's going? I mean, he's, he's not going near as high as, as he was last year. Right now, 11-12 uh, is tight end 21. Yeah, I like Herndon in that spot. I mean, he's one of those players where if you're firing off at three tight ends, why not take Herndon as one of the upside type guys? Right, yeah. Speaking of that, um, you mentioned Mark Andrews. I mean, we haven't talked about this on the show, but um, there is a little bit of concern. Mark Andrews has a, a, some sort of underlying health. Type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes. So, yeah. And there is a, you know, it's, it's a non-zero chance he opts out. I mean, he, has, he has already said he was actually, this is interesting, he, said he, he was on I'm a Zoom call. Yeah, yeah. Go no, go, go ahead, Frank. Well, yeah, yeah. I saw the same thing you did. I, you know, he said he was going to play. You know, things can change, and you know, I'm sure a lot of players are going to take health into effect. I have, uh, you know, discounted some of that. I mean, it's hard to factor in like what a player is going to say if we hear news. I'll factor it in. But I, I'm pretty high on Andrews this year, and if you know, in a couple of drafts, done the Lamar Mark Andrews stack. That's not particularly unique, but uh, you know, we'll see see if it pays off later. Yeah, he uh, Andrews. I see, yeah, I see the article. Here. Yeah, he, uh, he. I mean, FFPC players are still drafting him. Yeah, yeah, no, it's tight end three at three oh six. Do you know? And I, I was talking to to Bryce and and uh, Aaron at, at, uh, with at work about this. You, I didn't know this. Mark Andrews pricks his finger thirty times during a football game because he's constantly monitoring his glucose. That's what he normally does. Dang, I thought they had that figured out where you can just put it. You know, you have some sort of monitor, but but then I guess you have to carry his iPhone around. Uh, that's a, that's an issue, <laughs> uh, and I don't. I would right. not advise it. Why you know, is he checking his app? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Randall Cobb wore that. He got mic'd up for a game, and and he wore that mic pack or whatever, and he got yeah. hit really hard, and he got bruised bruised ribs, or he got the wind knocked out, and he missed a game because oh, of it. Really? Yeah. Well, so bruised, you know, yeah, you don't want to iPhone mic pack. Well, it wasn't an iPhone. It was a <laughs> it was a mic pack. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want Mark Andrews running around out there with his iPhone. Uh, you know, even if it's not his iPhone. Listening to Spotify and having the you know the headphones. Maybe on. that would that would get him juiced up. I don't. You know, if there's no fans in the stands this year, you gotta maybe they're gonna be playing music, yeah. pumping music into get the players' the helmets. Going or yeah, or yeah, some some sort of post Malone. <laughs> um, Dave, yes, with the same rambling beast. Yes, exactly. Frank had an interesting approach to his last football guys draft. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? Your top two receivers in that league happen to be real life teammates in Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Um, what was the strategy in picking them in the fourth and fifth rounds? And by the way, is it is fifth round a little early for Gallup? Bulky uh, ADP. Uh, over the last four days, no offense, Frank. Michael Gallup has has been going at the six twelve seven oh one. So, so a, it, it is, team, was a little. We'll early. call it team T bit early. So sure, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing. I forgot like this draft, which is really atypical for me, <laughs> was going to be on the show. So I, traditionally, if you look at every other draft, I'm kind of a tier based, value based drafter. Uh, but, and I kind of blame the two of you for this. I, I acquired something I call stacking anxiety <laughs> disorder. We can call it sad for short, uh, because <laughs> this year, like I'm on Twitter, I follow all the, you know, top, you know, really elite players and learn, learn a lot from them. And every day I you know, look at Twitter, it's like, I got this stack. I got that stack. Oh, you just missed the stack. You're going to win the league because of the stack. And then I listen to the podcast, your podcast, and others and guests are talking about the stack. And, and, and I stack all the time in, in DFS. I think you, you kind of have to. But I don't really get the, you know, when you ask people, like, well, why are you stacking all the time? They're like, I want the correlation. But correlations work both ways. And, you know, in a season-long, head-to-head, cumulative three-week championship, I've just never – I've actually been on the other end of stacking. But that Sunday, last Sunday about 3 p.m., had a coffee, was in my truck – listening to a podcast and uh 
and I realized I have zero stacks. I'm completely stackless this season. And drove home, jumped in a 4 p.m. draft, and just and I was at the tail end of a draft, so every pick's getting forced up around. But I just I walked into that draft with uh, kind of the mindset I'm going to create a Dallas stack. Really like the offense, and uh, yeah, so that that's kind of what happened. So there's probably people in your chat room, you know, I'm sure the word clown and donkey have been used, but it's not not normally what I'm doing. Uh, you know, on the players though, just to talk about the players, I'm not really. I'm not against Amari. I've got a few shares. You know, uh, I think Amari probably pays off like a top 12 ADP kind of a thing. My worry about Amari is always he just goes missing sometimes. It's like it's like a capital incinerator. You know, you've got a league and like, you know, you think maybe he's hurt. You check your score. Uh, I'm actually really high on Gallup. So while I jumped up to take him and Dak and Pollard because of my crazy affliction I've acquired. Uh, you know, I think Gallup could take a really big step forward, even with C.D. Lamb there. There's a lot of vacant targets. And uh, just so you know, this is my – we're talking about my one and only stack, but, uh, you know, I got a stack. So, yay. I'm, I'm, did you get, I'm, I guess I'm – did, did you get Dak Prescott as well, as you said? Yeah, and Tony Pollard. Just, you know, when you're on the turn, you, they're all around. Or I think Tony Pollard, I can't remember the draft, but it was one of those kind of horrifying moments, like you decided to do something, then you do it. And then you just kind of move on with life, and I've probably contributed three fifty to someone. Well, he actually seems like a good value for Cooper, though, right? Yeah, no, Cooper's I, cheap, and Gallup was pricey. That's, yeah, that's fine. I, I, I would say that that's probably accurate. I'm just Cooper's checking. probably going late third, early fourth. Um, he is. Yeah. Oops, that's Cooper Cup. Mari Cooper, three twelve, four hundred one. Dude, right I don't yeah. even need to check this ADP. I know it off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I don't. First of all, I don't think that this is. I don't think you should be penalizing uh, yourself too badly for something like this. I I think I talked about this a, like a month or so ago on on the show. Two drafts. I've done this year. I did a Ram stack uh, with uh, Goff, Woods, and Cup, and it, which I think pales in comparison to, to, to what good, you did. Yeah, you're I supposed know, to be good teams. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but and then the other one I did was Ryan Ridley and Julio Jones. When that one I, I like a little bit better. But I mean, if Dallas yeah, like is that. crushing it, um, and, and Prescott, you know, is able to do for a full season what he did for most of the season last year. I mean. And these guys are big. I don't know what their schedule is like week 14 through 16. I should check that out. But, I mean, that could end up paying off big time. I want to ask you, uh, Frank, it, regarding your Gallup love, a lot of people are pumping up C.D. Lamb lately. Why are you high on Gallup this year uh, as a guy you want to go after and want to roster? Yeah, I, look, I like C.D. Lamb as well. You know, when you have a rookie coming in, I mean, he's, like, highly touted. They jumped up to get him. So, uh I could see him doing well too. I just think Gallup showed last year with his production, uh, and and that he could make a step, take a step forward. And to your point, like when I look at this offense, if things go well, it's a high octane offense. So you know you want a piece of it. Um, I think Gallup is you know for the ADP that's usually going what around you know the sixth, maybe seventh round. Um, you know I think he could pay that off pretty handsomely. So uh, I'm a fan. So I have a question for both of you guys. And actually, just came take, to me. I would take any one of the three. I've, I've taken C.D. Lamb some uh, as well. Okay. All right. Right on. All right. I, this just came to me as a as you're talking about stacking. So I'm going to call this like the um, – can I swear ball here or should I not? Uh, just don't, please. All right. We'll call this the poor man stack instead of the shit – oh, I just said I don't know why you asked me. blank bag stack. I'm sorry. I was supposed to not say the first word and the other word came Moving up. on. All right. So let's say you do a, a Rogers, Lazard, 
Funchess Sternberger set. Mm, interesting. That's cheap. That's, they're all cheap. Rogers is cheap. I took Rogers and Sternberger in the set. So you don't, even, you don't even have to get Adams, but you get these guys all super right, cheap in a yeah. basketball format. Yep. What do you What do you think of that, or do you think that's garbage, Frank? Uh, yeah, I've got a kind of a problem with the Packers offense. I don't think it's garbage. I think probably <laughs> if I did another stack, it would be go find some offense that you think could outperform Jacksonville. If you think they're going to be playing from behind, you know, we're going to enter the Gardner Minshew era and, you know, start with DJ Chark. Then you're not investing so much in the stack. To pull off, like, I mean, I'm sure that some of the best players that got in early pulled off the KC stack. You know, pulling off the Dallas stack is just really expensive. So, you know, I don't oppose people that want to, you know, create create a little bit of a stack, you know, towards the tail end of the draft where you can, you know, if you're an A.J. Brown, Ryan Tannehill, and then whoever else fan, you know, uh, I don't see any harm in that, and it may pay off. Fine with Rodgers and Sternberger. The Funches and Lazard is where I draw the line, even if it was yeah. best ball. The volume might be a little low with that offense. Yeah, that's, of that's my issue. Coaching, right? yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't – I mean, it, I guess best ball, it's fine if you want to do it because whoever the number two receiver is, you're going to have on your roster. But it's like the number two receiver could be the number four target on a low-volume passing offense. And I think you'd be better off doing it with, if you're going to do it, do it with a different team, like the Cowboys did. Yes, you need a – you need a you know, Cincinnati could be interesting, but, you know, I guess A.J. Green and Boyd are not cheap. So, Well, they're, they're not, not super person. expensive either. I mean, Yeah, I mean, the defense is not that great. Burrow's actually going to be probably pretty solid. He's going to throw a ton. Yeah. yeah what, what about CJ Uzuma? He's cheaper at tight end. What, what about like uh, Westbrook or Chenault, um, DJ Chark, Gardner Minshew? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I, Char- think, I mean, Chark's, you know, he's not that expensive for the number one wideout for sure. You know, the other thing, well, all right, we could do yeah, this. Let's, let's, yeah, let's spend the whole show on yeah, it. Let's do let's, this. Let's do a stack. Hey, hey, welcome to Stack Chat here on the High Stakes Fantasy <laughs> Football Hour. Yeah, not tonight. Uh, we are talking with Frank Laprade, who, or Laprade, who has had uh, two uh, main event titles and a football guy's title under his belt, and uh, we'll be drafting in pros versus Joes. We didn't even talk about that. Are you pumped for pros versus Joes, Frank? Yeah, yeah, I was kind of shocked. I mean, look, I'm, I'm what I would call a, you know, an average at best uh, fantasy player, a pretty avid player. Um, so to get invited on the podcast, and then a few days later, got invited to pros versus Joes, and, and, and man, when you look at that, roster of of joes who i'm more familiar with although there's some people that are pretty active on the platform like like i think nelson maybe evan silva um darren armani are in the in the pro side but uh i mean i don't know how you feel about it i thought the joe side was stacked oh we think that every year we... well i mean you know the thing is the truth <laughs> of the matter is if you, you know if well, maybe it happens if you teams, teams, you're a better shot guys, one the, yeah go ahead dave i'm sorry go ahead no, Frank, you're fine. Go ahead. Was, you're the guest, for God's no, sake. I, 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 we always talk over people, so we'll shut up. It's my bad. Aren't there a lot of uh, – aren't there like seven people on the Joe side that have taken down like the whole tournament or something? It's something crazy like that. I think I listened to your announcement show. In any event, uh, it's going to be, wow. be a lot of fun. Yeah. It, More it, importantly, most of them have been on the show, and now you're on the show. Right. So, so Balky can always say, oh. Former guest of the show. Yeah. He loves to say that. Former guest of the show. I, 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 used, I have to take a shot every time, and I get drunk by the time that the show is over. I used to say <laughs> friend of the show, but half the people who come on here do not become my friends afterwards. So yeah, I they can't are, say friend of the show anymore. They're blocked by. They're blocked, yeah. <laughs> blocked by the show. I got, I got to say, uh, Bucky, no, Bucky, um, when, I, when I got the invitation, I was, like, really honored. I was excited about it. But I thought, like, is every other, you know, elite player, like, on vacation? I'm not, I wasn't quite sure what happened, but happy to do it. <laughs> We had a lot, of, we had a lot of turndowns that week. 
We, yeah, we, yeah. You were you were uh, guest number seventeen. You were the seventeenth choice that <laughs> okay, week. Okay, that's a lie. Uh, that is the number one lie, You totally were. I'm and I'm that I'm that I'm not lying about. You were the number one pick that week. Um, no, pros versus Joes, and Dave, you can feel free to disagree with me on this. But Frank, the the Joes, it's a complete random drawing. But I think that by the, Chris by by Chris Lambert, yeah. But the the thing is, everybody who is is in that drawing is signed up for the FFPC main event. So they obviously take their FFPC teams very seriously. And as a result, they do a lot of research. Now these pros, they follow fantasy football quite, quite closely, but at the same time, not all of them play FFPC, not all of them follow FFPC. And for them to try to jump into a format and a scoring system that is unlike what most of them are accustomed to, I think it continuously gives the Joes a leg up every single year. I, I, I totally I agree. You, you know, and I, I think people went three. What, what did they go three and three last year? But you know, the format is is so much fun. But you know, with two flexes and tight end premium, and you know, all the things that go on. If you're not familiar with it, I mean, some of the Joes, you know, I draft against them. They could probably draft a great team, you know, in their sleep. Uh, you know, the analysts are great, and I listen. I follow a lot of them. You know, I just think if you, you know, if I was a great golfer and you put me in a tennis court or something, you know, you, you just, there's an, a mental mindset about where players fall and the optimization of that, that I expect is, is harder if you don't play it a lot. Yeah. And it's going to be the, the, for the first time ever, we're going to be shifting to the slim format for the best ball pros versus Joe's draft yeah. too. So maybe that'll even the playing field even more with, with some of the pros who, you know, not a lot, you know, a lot of these guys play FFPC. How many of them play FFPC best ball slims? Maybe not so much. We'll find out. Uh, who did their homework uh, coming up here in about a week and a half, roughly? Um, talk about formats like having training wheels, you know. <laughs> really? You think so? Yeah, it's too easy. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens when the drafts, uh, uh, when we start covering those about, uh, I think, a week from Sunday is our first one. All right, so, Frank, with all the football guys' drafts that you've done so far this season, you think you're overweight? Are you concerned that you have too many shares of any one player? And then, conversely, is there a player that you wish, and you can't say McCaffrey, uh, a player that you wish you would have had more shares of thus far? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You guys were talking, you know, right when I got on about Raheem Mostert. And uh, I'm not like – I don't have a huge share as part of the portfolio, but I, but I like him. I think he's an explosive uh, player, and he kind of passes the, the eye test for me. Dave, I, I'm a little more worried about the situation. Not that I think they can't sign Raheem Mostert. And, you know, it probably works out. But Shanahan can make any running back look good. Uh, and they don't have anything invested in him. And, you know, I just never, you know, I'm a little more nervous now. So it's not that I'm going to fade Raheem Mostert. I'll probably hit the pause button a little bit and not, not be as aggressive on, on Raheem Mostert until things clear up a bit. I mean, we'll probably see yeah, Jeff I mean, Wilson. You know, who, who knows? I forgot all about Jeff Wilson. You know, what's funny is I still have him rostered in one of my dynasty leagues where I don't have to cut down. Who's so Jeff Wilson from, from San Francisco running back. I, I still have him rostered in a league where um, I don't have to cut down to like a week before the season starts. And I, I have like 10 players I need to cut off that roster, but Wilson's one of them. I don't know why he's still hanging on, but hanging on he is, which is very exciting. Dave, I left this question purposely for you because I know you are at least the secretary or the treasurer of the Tyreek Hill Fantasy Football Fan Club, and uh, he has some lofty goals this year. Yeah, Tyreek Hill says he wants to have 2,000 yards this season, and FF, FFPCs, drafters, are stupidly selecting him third by Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams at the 203. Um, anyway, just kidding about stupidly. Is that where you are picking him as well, Frank? Because I'm about to yeah, yeah, but they, they missed the, the whole 
you asked me who I wish I had more shares of, that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. But yeah, I'm Tyreek, you know, let's answer that. But can I go back to Jonathan Taylor? Because I really, yes, I'm going to need your Jonathan advice. Taylor. I, you've get, been waiting for 20 minutes. Well, I'm going to get overweight on him. So, you know, you guys are the Wisconsinites who, who will tell me whether I'm crazy or not. But yeah, Tyreek, look, I think, what do you say? He's going to get 2,000 yards, you said. You know, he probably will. Well, I don't know if he will. Everybody says that. But he he's explosive. I'm taking him at the uh, – is the third wide receiver, and I don't lose any sleep about it. Uh, happy to have him in that offense with a $500 million quarterback. That, that works for me. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the guy single. that re- – Say what? <laughs> oh, I, I just hope single? he's single, for God's sake. No, Tyreek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's not dating that, that, that nice young lady anymore. Yeah. And that that's resolved. Anyway, right. move, go Moving ahead. On. Keep going. Jonathan Taylor, spill it. Let's hear it. We oh. want to hear it. Yeah, I didn't do I didn't do this for the show, but I thought about Jonathan Taylor a lot. I'll quickly, you know, like tell you why I'm so up on him. So, you, so we all take Miles Sanders in the first round. I've seen him go at the 105 to like the end of the first round. I've done it. No criticism of the pick. We're all, we're kind of all in because he has, you know, tremendous upside. If Peterson doesn't create a committee, uh, you know, well, people are taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, what I don't know what the ADP is, but like late second round typically. Yes, and I get the logic, and I, and I get the total logic on that. If he becomes Kareem Hunt, he can he can you know win the league. It seems like Jonathan Taylor is faded a bit, but when I look at him, you know, uh, and kind of what he has to go through with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, I think like the Colts probably have what the second best offensive line. I, I just think he has the same type of upside, uh, and you know I know I guess Frank Reich said. Uh, said that we're going to have a 1-1 punch. I think that lasts about two weeks. You know, I, I just – I think you're going to see Jonathan Taylor take over the backfield. And, uh, you know, we'll probably see some Marlon Mack and some Naheem Hines. But he just seems to be really separated. I, I guess my question is, you know, taking him in the mid-fourth round versus some of the, you know, other – you know, Melvin Gordon. A lot of sharp players are taking Melvin Gordon in the third. I like Melvin Gordon fine there. But, you know, Denver's offensive line is terrible. And you've got Philip Lindsay. I just wanted to get your take on, on Taylor. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. Gordon's going ahead of Taylor. Um, if I have to make the decision between the two, I'm, you know, I'm probably leaning towards, I'm probably leaning towards Gordon, but it is so close because Taylor, you know, again, we don't know what he's capable of and he's running behind a better offensive line than Melvin Gordon's going to be running behind in Denver. The guys that are going after him, I don't know how much interest I have in Chris Carson. I think there's something to be said for Le'Veon Bell there, given the amount of volume that he should get this year. And, and certainly there's a, a chance of a David Johnson bounce back uh, in Houston. But I think Taylor is, is, the, is the, the special guy there because we've never seen him do it uh, at the NFL level. He could be a complete bust. He could be awesome, you know, and, and uh, it, it kind of all depends how risk-averse you want to be and how crazy you want to get in that mid-fourth round, Dave. Yeah, I mean – I, he does have a lot of upside. I mean, he's not that dissimilar to uh, to, to Barkley uh, as far as his metrics go. I mean, he's super fast. He's a big guy. Marlon Mack, I have always thought Marlon Mack is just a guy. Yep. And so when the, I agree with you. When the coach says 1-1A one one or the 1-1, one one, they, they both are the same, that's actually a pretty big compliment to Taylor, actually, as a rookie. Um, with the COVID 19s going on, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for Taylor to, to really make much hay early on. Uh, you know, there's, there's no preseason games. 
But like you said, after weeks one or two, I think he can take over. So I, I, I do like Taylor quite a bit, actually. Uh, I, 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 get your, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. One of the things that I think always has made evaluating Wisconsin running backs uh, what, what has made it so difficult is that the O-line in, in Wisconsin, there's actually just a great article in The Athletic of how they've churned out the best offensive linemen to the NFL over the last 20 years, better than Alabama, better than Ohio State. And those guys – you subscribe to The Athletic? Uh, it, it was free for 90 days, but I, I think I have a subscription now. All right. I'll let you know. Where would you put the Colts line? This is kind of part of my my thesis here. I get that. Everybody says that about Wisconsin. But, like, he's going to go. I would. That's my go, point. The Colts behind the that's, I mean, it's a road that, that, Okay. So, so, sorry, Frank. I, th- th- this is the point I wanted to make. One of the things that's made, made it so difficult to evaluate Wisconsin running backs is because the offensive line's so good. But it's not like Indianapolis is bad. In fact, they're probably a top five, and you can make the argument that they have the best offensive line, at least for running, uh, for running the football in the NFL. So how much different is that going to be for Taylor when he goes from college you know, running behind these, this, these huge linemen that open up these big holes? Indianapolis is going to be now again the holes won't be as big and they're going to close up quicker but I think as far as a replication goes he couldn't have fallen into a much better situation uh, than he did in Indianapolis with a great offensive line and and just a guy as his main competition well I'm just going to pipe in I mean there is a chance that the the Badgers offensive you know the Badgers offensive line has People have argued that it's made running backs great. Like, Corey Clements sucked in the pros because, yeah. whatever, he just did. And I anticipated that when he looked at the looked at his numbers in the combine. They were terrible, right? But there's a decent chance, and actually I think a better than decent chance, that the Badgers' offensive line is awesome and Jonathan Taylor is awesome, is yeah. really good. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact, that, the fact of the matter is, no matter, you know, if you have an awesome Colts offensive line and Taylor, they're both great. I mean, I, I, you really have magic, possibly. I'm trying to think of the last Wisconsin running back. to. For, well, first of all, there hasn't been a Wisconsin running back that tested, as far as metrics go at the combine, uh, as, as, Jonathan, as good as Jonathan Taylor was. Who is the next closest? Dean. I was going to say Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah. And, yeah and he look was at, like look, a 4 five, 5 but he was two fourteen. Right. But, I mean, look at the career he's had. It's yeah, been pretty, it's been pretty good. It's pretty, pretty solid. Right. So, so I think, listen, Frank, if, if nothing else was accomplished on this show tonight, you've sold us completely on Jonathan Taylor as a redraft option for us, and we thank you for that. <laughs> well, I, I think you, you sold yourself, but, but, but I really appreciate the advice. <laughs> like, I've just been studying this one, and, you know, when you think about upside, like, you, you'll probably see me push the ADP of Jonathan Taylor up uh, sometime soon. Uh, all right, so uh, let's keep it on the running back tip, and, and we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the Rams here. Now, high-stakes players seem kind of divided on where the value lies. Is it, is it taking Akers first? Is it grabbing Henderson after Akers is off the board? Is it grabbing Malcolm Brown late? Who's the horse that you have in this race? Uh, do you view one of these guys as having better value than the other two? I, I can tell you who I've taken a lot of, and, and this is going to, you know, I'm sure the some of the words donkey clown will be used in the chat room on this because I've taken a fair amount of uh, Malcolm Brown, maybe the least uh, glamorous name in fantasy high stakes right now, but, but I'll at least quickly tell you why, uh, you know, Cam Akers, I mean, the inverse balky of your thing and I, uh, is, you know, he ran behind a bad offensive line, still put up good numbers. I think he's a really good talent, but he's a rookie coming in. 
uh, doesn't know the system. Daryl Henderson was like off on an island with Justice Hill somewhere last year. I don't really know what to do with that. Uh, the coach talks about him being the, playing the Alvin Kamara role. I, I find that highly suspect since they don't don't seem to have one and he's not Alvin Kamara. Maybe he'll be fine. But like Malcolm Brown, you can get in rounds never if you want. Uh, I got him in the draft. You're looking at him round 18. And I'm not looking at him to win leagues or win a tournament. But I think he, he could be a pretty useful player. He's going to get the, you know, goal line carry, short yardage work. I wouldn't be shocked to see him, you know, be the starter, get the bulk of the work, at least in the first, let's call it, four weeks, and then we'll see what kind of division happens. But for me, he's more of a bridge player that's free. So if I take a Jonathan Taylor, I think I've got to wait a few weeks. He might might be useful. So I, I don't want to overhype him or anything, but, you know, in round – I think I got him in round 18. Uh you know, and we don't really have some lead starting running back for the Rams. It's a pretty valuable position. Uh, you know, I'll take that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what if Cam Akers has a rookie season like Ronald Jones had? Garbage. Yeah. Complete trash. It Could happens be. It happens all the time. Yeah. It really does. I mean, and, one, and, one and, of these early rookie running backs is going to totally suck. Who, one who, of them will. I'm not sure which one, but yeah, one of them will. I wonder who that's going to be. That's that's always a fun exercise every year to try to predict that. Akers has as good of a shot as any. Cause, I mean, he's competing against Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, and he, yeah. And he's already behind the eight ball. He has had zero NFL training camp experience, and he's not going to have much. I'll tell you this. And, again, I've talked about this on the air. I'm a Florida State fan. I watched Cam Akers just get pummeled behind that offensive line. Anything that happens for him now – and, and during the NFL season, it will feel like a Swedish massage. It is going to be absolutely delightful for him not to be – I mean, there's times last year he'd get the handoff and he'd be getting tackled right away. It was That was an historically bad Florida State offensive line that he, he ran behind. But, it, it, like Frank said, could be a big deal really for him. It hurt his draft position much. I'm sure it, no, I'm sure it hurt his draft. Well, he still got stop. drafted in the 40s for crying out loud. Exactly. Think about how good it could have been for him. Okay, what if he was on, what if he was on Wisconsin? Maybe he could have still sucked. He would if he was if he was Cam Akers. Okay, and I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here when I say this, but if Cam Akers ran behind the Wisconsin offensive line, there's no question in my mind that Joe Burrow would have been the second overall pick in the draft. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You're so full of crap. All right. Uh, I, probably, but, but what was what was GPA been? It probably <laughs> dropped. Wisconsin has real yeah. classes. Yeah. You know, Florida State well, you know, that's, is like basket weaving one hundred and one. I'm trying to think who the Utah State Gary Anderson left the Wisconsin program because he said he couldn't get his players in because the the um, the academic standards were too high. In any I event, guess, ACT in the twenties for crying out loud. All right. Well, let's just move athletes. on. Here. Frank, we need to talk to uh, about uh, this New England running back situation, Sony Michelle, and so on and so forth, Dave. I mean, I don't really know how much we really need to talk okay, about. Okay, well, we don't have to. We but I guess I'll you ask you. All right. Sony Michelle, who's been terrible in the NFL so far, ditched his walking boot this past week. Uh, he's supposed to deal with Rex Burkett, James White, and other, Damian Harris. other friends. Damian, I had four carries last year for Br- nine yards. Brand- Harris. Brandon, I will never be anything but a New England Patriots holder. <laughs> Did Damian Harris have any carries last year? He might have had a couple. Like it wasn't much. He's the John Ross of uh, running backs as a rookie. Is that enough for you to get on board with this 10th round price tag in football guys draft? Nope. Uh, it is a, like, <laughs> next question. When you, when, when you start having maintenance surgery, uh, I don't know about the two of you. I have infrequent maintenance surgery and I like my running backs not to have come out of a boot recently. And look, Cam Newton's going to get a lot of goal line carries. You never know what Belichick's going to do. Uh, it's got a lot of injury history, so I, I'm just I'm a complete fade 
Uh, I will tell you on this one. I, I called. I, I don't really follow the. You know, I called some friends. My buddy Rob is like a legit Patriots and Alabama fan, so he's he's in completely intolerable. And my other buddy Jory is a multi from a multi generational <laughs> Seahawks family, so he mumbles about like Jim Zorn and Steve Largent. But they both have a lot of experience with dinged up running back, and uh, they were a strong fade. So on that one, I called a friend, and we all we were we were all in no. Okay. Hey, you know, Frank, as we're aging here, we're all going to need some maintenance surgery. You know, you're you're in finance, so you're pretty rich. You're going to need some plastic surgery at some point to you know fix up your eyelids or whatever it is that's going on. Maybe the the lipo. What are you, are you going to get anything done at some point? I'm going to go in for. I'm going to wait a few years and just go in for like a complete overhaul. Maybe the surgery. Will, you know, you have a package deal, or something. I, I'm sure. Give me the work. I'm sure. I need yeah. You know, my 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 wife makes me watch the show Botched once in a while, and I, you know, I I I'm a little I'm a little leery about getting any of that stuff done. I I love the uh, the description of your buddy Frank. He's a Patriots fan. He's also an Alabama fan, so he's completely insufferable. Truer <laughs> words have never been spoken. It's incredible. I think his sister is a Patriots, Alabama, and Duke fan. You know, there's a point where like, oh. that should be able to happen. But, uh, oh, my God. So, we uh, lost a game. That's just the worst. Tough way to live. <laughs> all right, Frank, last question. And they all enough. go to Lakers games in the offseason. Yeah, no, no kidding, right? <laughs> right, right, right? So, Frank, here's our last question. Who's the player you've been avoiding in the early rounds in your drafts so far this year and a player you've been targeting in the mid to later rounds? This is, this is how bulky I get our sleepers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be quick. You know, the, look, I have zero shares of, of a lair. Uh, and again, I think he's a great player. Got a great future, great offense. I just, you know, last time I checked, Damian Williams is bigger, faster. He's going to be blocking for the, for Mahomes, who they just paid, paid a big payday to, Knows the system, look pretty good. I mean, we're all scarred by the LaShawn McCoy kind of thing that happened last year, including me. But I don't think Alaire in this season walks into like a bell cow status without an injury. So I'm, I'm, uh, he's a great player, but I just, I'm not stepping up in the second round, particularly as I'm going to be taking Jonathan Taylor in the third round. Um, other player I'm fading is Higby. You know, you probably got plenty of comments on that. You know, you know, Jack Doyle may end up having more receptions. You never know. He had that one year, you know, with 108 targets. Uh, the guy that I'm totally on is Preston Williams. Uh, I actually yes, think that right. can get – yeah, and I've taken a fair number. Actually, in the draft you looked at, got sniped by a round. Or I'd have been taking him taking him in that one. Uh, but, uh, you know, everybody's drafting what – Parker's going to win, like, the sixth round, you know, with, with his four-and-a-half-year breakout or whatever he had. And uh, maybe that'll be pay off. But if you look at Preston Williams as a rookie, he stepped on the field. He started. Guy's a beast. He's like six five. Great body control. Go back and watch that first touchdown against the Ravens when he made a guy fall down and did the toe tap in the back of the end zone. And I think he was on pace with with uh, Parker until he got hurt, and then Parker kind of broke out more. But you know, I'll take it. if he's healthy. He had an ACL, so I'm you know I don't know how healthy he is, but if he is. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of good things out of Preston Williams. Uh, people fade him also because he was undrafted, but that wasn't really about on-field, you know, or athletic capability. So I would, I'll would, i take him in the 10th, 11th, 12th, you know, whenever. I'll yeah, I mean, wide receiver 54 at the 1208, that just screams value uh, right there to me. And, and I would take him 
10 times out of 10 over Devontae Parker, where you have to take Devontae Parker six and a half rounds earlier. No thank you to Devontae. Uh, yes, please, to Preston Williams and to Frank LaPrade tonight for joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Frank, uh, congratulations on your main event in Football Guys Leagues that you've already won. Good luck in Pros versus Joes this year, as well as the main event in all your drafts. Don't forget to call in. And during when we're broadcasting the Pros versus Joes drafts live on, on this show, if you want to give us a buzz back and, and, uh, and make a pick or two on the air chat again, we'd love it. Right, Dave? Absolutely, and plus, Balky will totally kiss your ass because when, you know, when you're on this show, it's like, oh my God, Frank's killing it in this draft. It's amazing. I love your team. So yeah, please, you'll get buttered up. Come on, come back on. Yeah, I, I don't hey, really I talk wanted, bad to uh, anybody calls in. Hey, 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 guys, I wanted to say I listen to the show every week. You do a great job, and uh, everybody at the FFPC, tell Chris and all the other staff they take great care of us. So I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Well, thank you we so much, Chris. Frank. Thank, thank you. We, we even love Alex. We, yes, absolutely we do. And Mike and everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, Mike. I, yeah, I hate, Mike, by the way, Mike has been taking over so many of the customer service stuff. Really? That I, I mean, no offense. I love customers. Right. But I hate to actually answer emails right. about, yeah. from customers. Right. If I can avoid it. If, yes. if and, Mike can do it, hey, it's great. And Mike is so much nicer than you. No offense. He is. No uh, taken. And not, he's better at it. <laughs> Anyway, no, sorry. Nobody was better at That's it than, rant. than Frank, uh, Frank LePrade. <laughs> Frank, thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon, dude. Hey, thanks. Take care. Bye. Frank LePrade, ladies and gentlemen. Great. Three-time high-stakes fantasy football winner, league winner, and he's going to be drafting in the pros. There's a Joe's coming up here in um, eight, nine days. I mean, I don't know if he's in the first draft. I haven't gotten the league assignments. Have you seen the league assignments of who's in what league yet? No. I think it's the 26th. I think is the first pros versus Joe's draft. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, that's cool. I'm pretty sure. I think the first, <clears throat> first or second weekend, my, my wife and our, my, our two daughters are going up to door County, which is like 90 minutes. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm stuck here with you, Balky. Oh, well, there you so go. It's, 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 uh, they take it as a way to get away from me. And I take it as a way to uh, stay here. I honestly wonder if um, we're going to get full drafts in when we do it this year, because. Oh, the minute it, clock. The minute clock and then the slims, the slim yeah. format too. So we might get a full. I wonder if we'll even go full two hours. Wow, we'll have to actually just talk about stuff. Well, listen, you. I, hey, what do you think of the any podcast with me? You're in no <laughs> danger of of worrying about somebody not saying enough words. Yeah, we're good. Um, so we'll be fine on that. That's going to be fun. All right, I said I promised we do at least uh, some emails tonight. We're going to do one. We're going to do one. We're going to do one. Um, first one and only email that we're going to get to tonight is from. Daryl in Houston, Dave. Um, hey, guys, which tight end are you rolling with if you wait on the position in football guys drafts? Noah Fant or Austin Hooper? Hooper! Chief drives the boat, Hooper. Hooper drives the boat, Chief. I'm screwing up the Jaws lines now. Nice. Um, okay, so between Hooper and Noah Fant, Dave, I'm, I'm assuming they're going – I didn't check this. I should have. I'm assuming they're going right around the same spot. Same neighborhood. Uh, Noah Fant, 903, 903 at uh, tight end 15. Austin Hooper, tight end 12 at 8.06. Okay. So Hooper's going about a half round ahead of Noah Fant. Do you have a preference between the two? Yeah, you know, Fant had some moments as a rookie, but I mean, you, I really, you know, I know, rook, you know Hooper's changing teams, but I really have to go Hooper here. I, I just I just feel like Fant, there's so much more downside than Hooper. I mean, he's a you know, former Pro Bowl tight end, new team, you know, pretty solid offense. Baker Mayfield's good. Uh, I, I got to go. I got to go Hooper. I will go Noah Fant if you would like to put five on this. All right, I'll take it. I have Noah Fant, most fantasy points uh, over Austin Hooper this season. All right, I'll take Austin Hooper. I got five on it. 
I get my rationale. Where's yours? All right, so Noah Fant here, um, I believe, took some pretty big leaps uh, at the end of last season. You, you saw him starting to break out. And I think, while you could make the mouths to feed uh, uh, argument here with everything Denver added in the draft. These guys are all rookies. Drew Locke looked for Noah Fant last year. I think he's going to continue to look for Noah Fant this year. Um, Austin Hooper, you and I are in agreement, not a special player. And while he did put up some pretty good numbers in Atlanta last year with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, the Browns have already said that David Njoku is a big part of what they want to do. They drafted the kid uh, in the third round, the rookie. His name's escaping me now, the other tight end. And that's not to mention Beckham, Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and Landry. So to me, I just I think that Hooper outperformed what his talent level was last year and uh, Fant underperformed. I think they are going to flip-flop this year where Fant has the breakout and Hooper All right. lets people down. You know what? Could be wrong. That's what makes it fun. I appreciate the analysis. And I appreciate everybody tuning in for the show tonight. Once again, happy birthday to my Padre, 69 years young. And it's so weird that I'm going to have a 70-year-old dad next year. Happy it's- birthday, number 69. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Weenie in the butt taking over the airwaves here, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank Frank Laprad for popping on tonight, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Big time show next week, ladies and gentlemen. 2018 world champion, freestyle wrestler, and FFPC player David Taylor is going to be hopping aboard these airwaves. Uh, you can follow him at magicman underscore PSU. The magic man himself will be making magic for fantasy football listeners on these airwaves next week. Very excited to have David Taylor on. I want to remind everybody to book those flights and get those discounted rooms for Planet Hollywood in Las Vegas. Make sure you're saving 400 bucks off each of your additional main event teams. And only 10 days left until that early draft slot deadline. You want to start prepping for your drafts right now? There is no better way than getting your draft slot on August 2nd. Remember to check out the Football Guys Players Championship, the Best Ball Leagues, Best Ball Slims, Terminator Slats, Superflex Slats, Dynasty Startups, all at myffpc.com. That midnight draft, we need to get some traction on this, ladies and gentlemen. It's starting fairly quickly. We need some players in it. Uh, I'll be commissioning (laughs) it. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm in VP. If rap was the game, I'll be in VP. Well, it, listen, it, it's a, I don't want it. <laughs> You have to use the facilities. One of your best them. team names in Kentucky ever, PP Dance. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go. Thank you. Is there anything else? No. That's it. All right. Go. PP. All right. Hurry up. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>